what's going on steven peterson ocho what's going down man oh not much man just trying to stay busy yeah yeah man um let's start off with the Last September, you know, you went across the border to New, uh, Mexico City. Incredible spinning back fist KO of uh, Martin Bravo. Did you feel like uh, entering that fight? You know what I mean? You were on the hot seat. You know, your back was against the wall. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. There was a lot of adversity leading into that fight. Um, you know, one being I, I dropped that fight to Alex Caceres, which, uh, you know, I really felt I won. Uh, Sean said, you know, he felt I won. A lot of people felt I won. And... Uh, you know, I, I wasn't uh, trying to dwell on it for too long. I wanted to get that bad taste out of my mouth. I wanted to jump right back in there. And uh, so he signed me for the fight in Mexico City. And it was short notice. Mexico City is at an elevation. And, uh, you know, coming off that loss, I felt like, yeah, if I would have uh, dropped that fight, then, uh, you know, I could have lost my job. So uh, I felt like my back was against the wall. And I was telling everybody going into it, I, I perform best when uh, when all odds are stacked against me. When somebody's going in there trying to hurt me, that's when I do my best. So uh, you know, I went out there, and uh, yeah, that, that was a product of uh, basically uh, seeing what I'm capable of, seeing if uh, when uh, my back's against the wall, if I'm going to crumble or if I'm going to uh, you know come out swinging, and I always come out swinging. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. That was incredible. Uh, with, with the mentality of uh, having your back against the wall, how do you put yourself there? when you actually don't have your back against the wall, you know, coming up in the future. Yeah, you can't ever get comfortable in the cage. I mean, you got a guy trying to hurt you, trying to take what you have, and, you know, vice versa. You're trying to take what they have. Like, uh, you know, I want to fight guys that are in a higher position than me, uh, you know, in the top 10. I want to fight guys that are dangerous. And, uh, you know, I can put myself back in that, that mindset basically by having somebody trying to hurt me. Uh, I, got, I got a guy in front of me he's trying to uh, do damage to me and basically... Uh, take my livelihood away from me. So, uh, you know, that's going to bring out the best of me. I don't like when guys go in there and they try to play or they try to, you know, just stick and move and uh, win a decision because that's not the point of the game. The game's not to go to the judges' scorecards. The game is to uh, finish your opponent. And, you know, that that's the, the type of fight I want to be in. Matchmaking is important for that, you know, that aspect of, you know, facing guys that will come forward and, and actually fight you instead of pointing going to the judges, you know, all of that. For you, moving forward, you know what I mean, with, with, with uh, matchups, do, are you going to be more careful of who you fight because of that reason? Man, I'll fight anybody. I'll, <laughs> like, uh, I'm, I'm not afraid of anybody in this sport. But uh, now I realize the business behind the game. And, uh, you know, the fight's got to pay what it's worth. You know, uh, I've been putting all of these uh, these wars, you know, tough matchups with, with guys that are going to uh, – really bring out the best in me but uh you know back in the day fighting for lfa or fighting for xko i would take on you know high level opponents and get paid you know a couple grand tops and then you know in the ufc anybody you fight you're going to be making tens of thousands of dollars if not more so uh you know that being said i need to be uh more business oriented with my career and uh when i do fight guys that want to stick and move I need to adjust my game plan to try and trap them rather than uh, than chase them because uh, you know they know that I'm trying to get a hold of them. It's, it's no no question what I'm going to do when I come into a fight. I'm trying to take you out, so they try to use that against me. So therefore, I need to adjust my game plans going into a fight. You mentioned the business side of of the sport, and 
I was recently talking to another UFC fighter, and he was telling me that they offered him a, a late-notice fight, but against a big name. And he was not in shape. But he, he could have took the fight, you know what I mean? Because it was a huge opportunity. But at the same time, he said, man, I'm not getting paid enough to fight that level of guy. You know what I mean? When you when you look at that and, and hear that, what are your thoughts on that that situation? Would you do the same? Um, yeah, that's smart. I mean, uh, I'm not sure what I would do if I was in that position. Right now, if they offered me a fight against Cubs once in a week's notice, I would take the fight just because of the name. And I don't try to I, – I usually don't get it so far out of shape to where I can't take a fight on short notice. Uh, I just had a surgery, and, you know, I'm on the road to recovery, so I'm in a totally position, different position right now. I'm in great shape, but fight shape's a whole different – uh, animal. I'm not, I haven't been sparring. I haven't been uh, doing the things that you would do to prepare yourself for a fight. I've been, uh, you know, working on strengthening my, uh, my weakness, which is, you know, where I had surgery on. I had to, I have to build it back up so that it doesn't become a problem in the future. It's been a problem for you know, most of my career since I can remember. And uh, now I finally have it fixed. I want it to stay that way so I can, uh, you know, be my best going forward. All right, before we dive into the, the surgery and the injury and everything, I wanted to ask you one more thing about Mexico City is after the main event, uh, basically a riot broke out in the arena. Where were you during that situation? I was backstage um, and I could hear it and I could more, more than hear, I could feel it. I could feel the rumbling in the building and we were like, oh shit, what's going on? So we look over at the screen and we saw the eye poke and you know the replays and then we saw like, you know, stuff being thrown and all of a sudden we were getting escorted out of the, the building you know, onto the bus. They wanted us, you know, out of there because, you know, Mexico is a third world country and you never know what could happen over there. Were there people chasing the bus or what were, once you were on the bus, everything was all good. There was nothing to worry about. Yeah, no, outside it seemed a lot more calm. I think it was just in the arena, uh, chaos was breaking loose. And once we got outside, it seemed real, real laid back out there. With the with the elbow injury, you know, I mean, you said that it's been something that's been bothering you for a long time. How, how long? How far back does that go? Um, I want to say eight years, seven or eight years. Uh, I remember a moment where uh, I got taken down up against the cage, and uh, there was a uh, exposed uh, metal bar at the bottom. Normally, there's a pad there, and the pad had gotten all destroyed from grappling against it. And so it was a metal bar exposed and my elbow slammed on the, the bar and it swelled up and I was training for a fight at the time, an LFA fight. So uh, I had to train through it, ice it and whatnot. But uh, I could feel it, you know, just, just rubbing and I could feel bone chips uh, floating around. And I talked to a doctor after that fight and he was like, yeah, you know, those are just going to be there and uh, there's no reason to go in there and actually take them out. They'll just be stuck on the elbow and i was like well won't those become like an issue in the future like floating into the joint and it was like oh no there's no way that the the bones could float around into the joint well he was wrong <laughs> and uh so over the course of uh all that time uh i mean seven years ago i was been holding mitts for for one of my students and when they would hit it at a certain angle it would it would jar my elbow and lock it up and then i couldn't i'd have to snap it back and try and like get the motion and feeling back and it would tingle all down my fingers and uh i just uh didn't know what was going on and the doctor told me that was unrelated and it was tendonitis 
And uh, so I was uh, basically just maintaining it from fight camp to fight camp and, and trying to push through it. And usually by the time we got to the end of the fight camp, it was like, oh, I couldn't even use my, my arm. And uh, it was a matter of, okay, now, you know, a week out, it's time to um, get the swelling out so I can get used to my arm. And then I go back, go right into the fight and uh, just not even worry about it. And uh, it got to the point where in my most recent camp, um, it, it was progressively getting worse. In my last camp, uh, one week into the camp, I go into my rounds. And the first round I'm in, I, I block a punch and it jars and all of a sudden it locks up and I can't move it. And uh, this time was worse than others. I couldn't move my arm or extend it for um, the rest of the week. So I had to take my whole first week off the training camp. And I was like, coach, I need to, you know, something's wrong with this elbow. He's like, no, we're not fighting this fight. Your elbow's been, been hurt for a long time and it's time to get it fixed. And I was like, coach, I'm going to fight this fight. I've never, never once pulled out of a fight. I signed, um, you know, so many contracts and never once pulled out of a fight. So it was really tough pill for me to swallow um i went back and forth with coach about it and you know he's always right in situations like this uh, i i tried to push through it and it happened again and it was even worse the second time and he was like see i told you and uh at that point i i, I accepted it it was inevitable i had to get the surgery and uh when we actually went and got the mri we spoke to the surgeon then he could see it clear as day a bone chip, large bone chip, lodged directly in the middle of my joint. So when I was blocking these punches, it would smash that bone chip in between my joint. And that was what was causing all the issues. And it ended up actually uh, uh, overextending or stretching out my uh, ligament. Uh, I think it's called the UCL ligament. Uh, so it, uh, it had stretched that to the point where it wasn't even in the groove that it normally uh, goes into. So I guess... Uh, the bone chip acted as like a fulcrum point to pull my joint apart every time I was blocking punches. So he planned on, we planned on getting a uh, orthoscopic surgery where they go in with little scopes, tiny incisions, and the recovery would have been six weeks. So I go under the knife and I'm confident thinking, you know, I'm going to wake up and everything's going to be all right. And uh, two hour surgery turned into a six hour surgery. I woke up and it turned out they couldn't, it, the bone chip was uh, embedded in the joint. It had got slammed in there so many times that it had made a little groove and it was stuck there. So they had to cut me open, go in there, get the bone chip out, clean out the back of my elbow, get the rest of the bone chips out. And then they uh, repaired the, the ligament, which is a Tommy John's surgery is what it was called because of the, uh, the pitcher that it got the first time surgery. So, uh, so it ended up being a pretty um, major surgery uh, when I thought it was just going to be six weeks recovery. It turned out uh, six months minimum when I got out of the operating room. So uh, now I'm on the, the road to recovery and, uh, you know, I'm, I, I believe, four months into my recovery. In another two months, I think I'll be you know, 110% better than I've been the last eight years. Yeah, yeah. Now, the recovery and the rehab, how has that been have you been doing it and and feeling good or has it been a uh, you know a bumpy road so far uh it was real tough at the beginning because i didn't expect to have to deal with all of this i expected just you know getting it scoped out but uh you know once i accepted it it became that was my new mission you know just like fight camps you know you have a mission you train for that fight 
this was just a longer mission without the big reward. Uh, the, the big reward would be, I guess, I get my the use of my arm back. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I started off doing rehab uh, five days a week. And then uh, the COVID lockdown happened. They had to shut down the clinic and then uh, kind of slowed me down. And uh, I was basically rehabbing on my own. Uh, now we're back open. I'm doing rehab two to three days a week. And, uh, yeah, feeling good, feeling confident. I'm able to finally, you know, snap my punches again. So just got to uh, get my strength back, especially in the ligament and uh, around the ligament and those muscles, forearm, bicep, tricep, uh, just the normal uh, pretty boy muscles that most uh, bodybuilders would want to work out. I'm kind of focusing on those. So when I get back in there, I'll be nice and cut and, and, and ready to go. You know, you, you're swinging your arms around and you, you look like you feel great. You're probably just like bursting though. You you want to get back into training, right? Because the gyms are open. Yeah, man. I want. I want. I'm watching all my training partners, and they're like, "Man, you're still out." And it's like, I'm. I'm. I'm like, I could throw punches at the air, but when I hit you in the head, mm. it might react a little different. Or especially when I block something like a kick, that's gonna be uh, the major test. You know, I told the uh, the nurse, I was like, "Yeah, I'll be. You know, I'll fight in six to eight months," and she laughed at me. <laughs> she was like. Yeah, you're gonna. It's gonna be a year, and uh, now we're looking at you know another two, three months, and I'll be there. So you know the mind's stronger than, than anything else, and you put your mind to something, you can make it happen. You know, uh, time. You, it takes time to heal, but you can progress these things. And uh, you know the UFC has treated me uh, incredibly. Uh, they got. Uh, they they hooked me up with stem cells for my elbow, and those. Stem cells do wonders. They're they're increasing my my healing speed, and uh, you know the nutritionists at the at the UFC have been sending me uh, you know supplements, joint supplements, and cartilage rebuilding supplements. So I'm not worried about you know taking something that a doctor might recommend that I'll get in trouble for. Uh, they're they're sending me the products that are already cleared, and uh, you know making sure I'm taken care of. It seems like that's the best way to go because people are getting busted for tainted supplements all the time you you might as well just go with the the stuff that the ufc <laughs> is sending you right is it thorn Dude, is they send, they, yeah they send you supplements they'll, they'll send you protein they'll send you your meals they'll send you your, your joint supplements your daily vitamins what, what what more do you need why you gotta take some shit that, that's that you don't know what's in it you know what i mean uh i i feel like there's there's really no excuse at this point um i know things happen and, uh, you know, it's not the only thing I take. I take uh, other protein supplements and stuff like that, but they're all they're all cleared. I look at the bottle. I make sure I know what I'm taking. And, uh, you know, now that I say that, something's going to pop off. But hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, no, nothing will uh, – yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, shoot, I got them all sitting on my counter right here. I got the, uh, you know, the Thorn Daily Vitamins, the Thorn uh, – uh, what's it called? Minera, it's like a joint supplement, like the the stuff that I wouldn't even know what it is. They they already know. I just tell them what what I'm dealing with, and then they they send me the supplements, and I don't have to worry about getting popped. Yeah, easy, easy. You know, there like you said, there is no excuse. Uh, did you see this on the news? Um, uh, Olympic boxer, this female, she was popped by USADA, and then USADA did an investigation and uh, cleared her name, but uh, she said that she ingested 
some oh yeah <laughs> did you see this this is a crazy yeah, story she, she uh, i guess got it from her partner yeah from ingesting uh his bodily fluid yeah <laughs> it's that's wild yeah. right i've never heard of anything like that but i guess i mean i guess it makes sense yeah uh <laughs> i mean but i i don't see how like if if that's okay and you can get popped and be clear of any wrongdoing, then why can't you be cleared of any wrongdoing if you take a tainted supplement? I think that would be similar. You know what your boyfriend's on. Um, maybe you didn't know that he could transmit it through like, that way to you, but, uh, I mean, you're responsible for what goes into your body. So um, I think, you know, if something happens like that, yeah, you, you made a mistake because you didn't know, but it doesn't change the fact that you still had something in your system that was against the rules. With everything pretty much back open and and running during the pandemic, has has uh that eff- did it affect you outside of fighting any? You know, I I think you last time we spoke, you talked about you did have some some business uh that you were running. Did that uh what what kind of effects did it have on that? Yeah, it affected everything really. Uh, affected uh, just the. Uh, locked everybody down like we were stuck in our house uh it affected me mentally more than anything uh the first couple weeks were really tough and then i uh i had a moment and just bleached my hair i never bleached my hair you see there's still a little bit in there but i've never done that in my life just totally bleached my hair and uh you know went out and hung out with my friends and i was like yeah screw screw the lockdown i'm gonna rebel like <laughs> like uh this is America, right? We're supposed to be free, but we're not free. So I went to a, a friend's house and we, we hung out all night. And I noticed the change like that. It was like when I was uh, obeying the lockdown and at home all the time, I was tired all the time. And I was, uh, you know, I go to sleep about midnight. I was waking up at like two in the afternoon. That's like 14 hours of sleep. And I wake up still tired, like not wanting to do anything. And then I went and hung out with my friends and it was like, now I don't want to go to sleep. And then when I woke up, I wake up at like nine, 10 in the morning, like, okay, what's going on? Let's go to the park. Let's go shoot some disc golf. Let's go hang out. So I, I really uh, made a connection with uh, the, how other people give us energy and how we, uh, we feed off of each other. And when we're by ourselves, you're basically just like a fire just fizzling out. And when you get with other people, uh, then you burn brighter and you have more energy. So uh, I I said, screw the lockdown. And, uh, you know, I went and, and socialized with some friends because, uh, you know, with my career, uh, I haven't been able to see most of these people very often for for years. I mean, a lot of these people supported my career since I was an amateur. And we'd hang out to celebrate wins. And then after that, it's like, oh, go right back to work. And I wouldn't see them again until after another fight. So, uh, you know, I hung out with a lot of those people um, on a day-to-day basis over the lockdown and uh, rekindled some friendships and uh, really just worked on my myself, my my mindset, and uh, just uh, my overall well-being. Like, uh, who am I? You know, who am I? I'm nobody by myself. I am, uh, you know, I am my connections. I am the people that I surround myself with. Um, and we need those connections to uh, to survive and to thrive. So you got to live uh, somewhat of a regular life, right? A regular daily life, like someone you know that works a nine to five. 
Yeah, yeah, basically. Basically, I got to live the life of somebody that didn't have a job. <laughs> so I got to hang out with my friends. I still taught some private lessons at the park. You know, after the first few weeks, I kind of said, you know, uh, if I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. I don't need, I don't want to be um, hiding in my house. It's <laughs> just waiting yeah. for impending death. We're all going to die someday, right? So uh, I want to live my life when, uh, when death comes knocking. I don't want to be uh, hiding and just waiting for it. So you said two more months of the rehab, and that would be, or that'll be like the fall, right? So, yeah, what I'm do you expecting expect? to fight. Yeah, I'm expecting to fight either uh, late September or October. Um, I got my mind on, you know, at least um, accepting a fight in September. Like uh, telling Sean, "Hey, I'm ready to go. Uh, what do you got for me?" And then uh, looking at the timetable. Like obviously, I would want to an opponent with a camp, but I'm going to be in shape and ready to go um, at the end of July. So in August, I will be ready to take a fight. Yeah, it looks like the rest of the year, all the cards will be in Vegas at the Apex. So it's not it's not going to be a surprise like, hey, uh, we want you to go to, you know, Russia or something yeah, like either, that. Yeah, either that or Fight Island. You know, yeah. If they have like yeah. another fight on on Fight Island, say September, that would be uh, ideal because I want I want to do that while while it's still happening. Oh, so you want to just have your name in the history books as one of the guys? That oh man, to fight I want to have my name in, in the history books for for all all the good reasons, you know, <laughs> uh, n not the controversial reasons. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, it's good catching up with you, Stephen. Man, uh, I'm glad that uh, rehab is going well. And uh, I know you, you're probably bursting the seams just to get back I in there because I know man. you love to fight. And uh, when, when, when something gets announced, uh, I'll definitely hit back at you and uh, we'll get another one in. Yeah, buddy, I'm looking forward to it, brother. I appreciate your time.